0: The Ambitious Mum Podcast Different women, different lives, different ambitions I'm Kate Moore Youssef and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition
1: All it is is believing in yourself and love and reclaiming your power to choose again Motherhood we were trying for children and I ended up having two miscarriages. And all along this whole process, I just felt really empty.
0: And everything in between. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent. And I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about.
1: What was I missing? Everyone else was, had got their stuff together and it was like I hadn't.
0: Hi, welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. I'm Kate, your host. Lovely to be back, waiting for summer to begin, although I have to say that I went to the beach in Wales this weekend and it was like a little pocket of sunshine and just a couple of days being by the beach and having some sunshine was amazing. And that's why I'm doing this recording, um, this intro on my phone. So yeah, I'm just behind schedule. But I think the reason why I'm telling you this is because I think we get so hung up on everything having to be perfect and everything, you know, needing to be right and being really stressful. And actually, if the quality of this recording, this intro, not the actual episode, isn't perfect, then it's done. So I want this to just maybe be a little bit of an inspiration to you that if you are struggling and there's things going on, just do, do the thing, whether it's perfect or not, just get started. So I'm doing it on my phone, not my microphone as normal, um, but I, I wanted to let you know that because I thought it was something that you might be able to take away. And then on to today's guest. So this is an episode with Laura Jane Hand. She is a couples coach. She's really spiritual. We had a great conversation. We talked about all sorts. She's an author and she is a big fan of A Course in Miracles. And we'll talk about this during the episode, but I was really interested to talk further about her insights and takes from The Course in Miracles because I'm not as knowledgeable, but I've read lots of different things through different books and um, really, really enjoyed this conversation and learning about how she brings these teachings into her um, coaching with couples and how they can treat each other with more love and respect. So if you are interested in The Course in Miracles, couples, therapy, coaching, then this is definitely an episode for you. I really hope you enjoy it. Laura-Jane, thank you so much for joining me on the Ambitious Mum podcast today. I'm so, I've am so i been so looking forward to speaking to you.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. We've known each other for so long, but they're not at the same time.
0: Exactly. So just to give you a bit of context about that. So Laura-Jane and I are in the same Kundalini yoga class together. And Kundalini is quite a spiritual yoga. There's a, there's a bit of chanting, there's a bit of singing. It's a bit out there if you've not done that. And so I think it's definitely an acquired taste as there's not many people you find in kundalini classes and and it's a local one and so we've obviously been on each other's doorsteps for a long time and I've been following you on Instagram and I've seen that you have launched a book and I thought oh amazing right let's get you on the podcast (laughs) because we've got so much to talk about so you've got a book out which is called more than a mindset yeah and Lori Jane is a relationship coach. But just to give you a little bit of background, this is not what she's always done. You've come from a corporate background that you said was really high stress, lots of money, soulless. And you've kind of gone literally and figuratively around the world to find yourself and I guess your purpose and what you're doing now, which is helping people, I guess, find love or reconnect to the people that they're in love with. Can you tell us a little bit about your story and how it came to be that you are now a relationship coach and an author?
1: Yeah thank you so much that was a great introduction. Um, So yeah I worked in corporate world for about 10 years did the whole getting a degree, getting a job and worked my way up in corporate world and each time I got more money I seemed to spend more and buy more shoes and more things and then the pressure just kept mounting on top. It was like more more responsibility, more pressure, more money. And then we were trying for children and I ended up having two miscarriages. And all along this whole process, I just felt really empty. It was like you're told to go to uni, to get a job, to earn money, to buy the house, to buy the cars. And I just kept getting to this point of feeling like empty and quite anxious and just asking questions like, is there more going on? Like, should I be doing more? Is there more I can give? And then We went through a lot of stress as a couple through the miscarriages and obviously getting pregnant you know what's involved in all of that and having your own first child come into the relationship and what that can do to you and I spent a lot of money traveling the world trying to find the best teachers, healers, gurus that could sort of fix me. It was always like what was I missing? I always felt like I was missing something that Everyone seemed to be made correctly. Everyone else was had got their stuff together, and it was like I hadn't. And I thought, what is it that I'm missing? I've got all of these things, but I'm not grateful. So I was constantly, I was just living in like a head full of anxiety and fear, and not knowing where I was in the world and why I was here. And I did all of this searching all around the world, traveled everywhere, and then. I eventually found a set of books called A Course in Miracles, which we've touched on before. And at first, when I first read them, I was like, oh my God, this blows my mind. Like it was so deep, so almost esoteric. But it's only when I started to actually apply the lessons and what it actually meant, I found that life just started to, to change a little bit. And I thought, and if I could help take what those lessons are and put it into a book so people could actually understand it and do it every single day. And then that's where the relationship coaching came from as well, because everything in the course is all about the relationship we have with ourselves, with other people, and with a higher power, whatever, however we believe that to be. So it all just sort of naturally opened up once I started to come out of this sort of anxious, fearful, Just looking for the next paycheck kind of world that I was in. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I can really resonate with you about what you say about The Course in Miracles because I too found the book about, I don't know, three or four years ago. It was like, oh my God, wow. Like finally I can understand myself. I can understand life. And I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but it was kind of like this meaning of life all of a sudden just came about. And I think it's it's really important to say that it's so easy to put them into practical situations or examples because even though it is written in quite a sort of difficult language to understand, there's a lot of books out there that have kind of like broken it down yeah. and made it um, a lot more applicable to like day to day life. Um, I'm a huge fan of Gabby Bernstein and I know she uses lots of sort of yeah. different Course and Miracles and really brings that down to so many different examples. And the fact that you recognised that's what it was there for. I mean, the teachings um, without getting too kind of like woo-woo, I think it's like a metaphysical download, wasn't it? On a psychologist who had absolutely no idea what was happening to her and she was sort of like a scientist psychologist and she had these like epiphany after epiphany and and she started writing this book and I think it's there for people like you to then translate into day-to-day language so people can really bring this out into relationships career everything art whatever yeah so how did you then decide what you were going to include and what you were going to teach and who you wanted to teach
1: it all just it all just started to like naturally unfold. And the main point of the course is the relationship we have with ourselves, with other people, and with whatever we relate to in the universe. So universe, source, God, power, love, whatever it is. And I found that a lot of self-development work always focused on changing your mindset or doing one part of it. But it never, it never felt like it brought it all together. I always felt exactly like the book says, that there was something missing. So what was I missing? What piece of information was I missing? And it turns out that the course sort of brought it all together in that I was sort of expecting everything to change on the outside. So when eventually I found my calling, when I eventually had the child, when I eventually had the marriage that I wanted to have, the closeness, the connection... Then I would be happy and sorted. And what the course was saying was actually come back in, come back inside. Let's clean this up a little bit, and then you'll you'll sort of change, and everything on the outside will just change as a result. And because we applied it so much, that like I worked one to one with Marianne Williamson for a while. Wow! Because we were going through so much, like stress and disconnection in our marriage. Again, the course is huge. There's three books in it. When you're in pain and something isn't working, you need that information now, don't you? It's like, I need it now. Help me translate it. She helped me translate it. And then every time I sort of spoke to people, the same things kept coming up, the same places where people got stuck. A lot of the time it came about through relationships and we have relationships with everybody, don't we? Even our neighbours at school at work and everything just seemed to centre around me how I showed up in those relationships or not and if I showed up in one way a certain result would happen and if I showed up in another way another result would happen but nothing changed until I did the work on myself that's getting quite deep because when we've got an issue in our relationship we want somebody to come in talk to us about it get the other person to change, you know, it's them, if only they do something different and for years I spent so much money on advice. My poor husband was sat there in the chair next to me and he was just getting all of the blame why our relationship wasn't working because he worked a lot because he was, you know, ambitious and wanted to get on and he was getting all the blame and that's when we sort of looked at each other and it was like, this isn't working for us anymore. There's, there's something going on that's deeper that we need to heal first. And then we can have that relationship that we know is possible. Like when you fall in love and it's gorgeous and it's just everything you've ever wanted it to be and you see the good in each other and they see the good in you. It was like, we know we had that connection. We lost it over the way through work and business. And then we needed to get it back again and if we hadn't have gone deeper on sorting ourselves out first we probably still wouldn't be together
0: wow you obviously had a very open minded partner that was willing to go down that route with you how do you how does it work if you want to do that inner work but your husband or your partner doesn't want to do that so you're willing to do the self healing but that's not being reflected in your partner how easy is
1: it to then become
0: successful together
1: That is a great question. The biggest question that people come to me with is should I stay or should I leave? So they're in a relationship, it doesn't feel right anymore. Should we still be there or should we split up? And one way you you know really is whether that person's willing to sort of go on that journey with you. And it doesn't mean to say it needs to start right away. You could this is my cat, by the way. You snake
0: <laughs> just so you know there's, there was a tail that looked it's like a stripy tail that just kind of came up and it was like i was like a my snake. god she's holding
1: a snake while we talk <laughs> <laughs> she always does it. When, whenever i start she's not been interested all day as soon as i come on zoom <laughs> she's here um so yeah it doesn't mean to say that you this needs to happen straight away but the moment you start working on yourself and st- you start working on what's going on within you they will most likely, more likely than not, join you and want to do the work. They might not say, whatever you're doing, I want to do as well. But they might be like, oh, what book is that that you're reading? Or you seem a bit different. What is it that you're doing? They'll naturally grow with you. And there you sort of get your answer when people say, do I stay, do I go? But like I said, it doesn't need to be an an overnight thing. You don't start working on yourself and then, you, you know, what it's like you don't work on yourself and then the next minute you're healed and you, you're happy. It's, this is like an ongoing process. Yeah. But you will find that they'll be intrigued and that they'll, they'll start to ask and they'll start to be just, they'll see you change. And then people naturally want a piece of it as well.
0: It's encouraging to know that because, and I'm not generalizing here, but my husband is is used to me. I've got like a pile of self-development books. I would say definitely sort of four or five years ago, I, I felt like I had to go on like a bit of a self-healing journey. I didn't know it was that at the time. I was sort of similar to you, looking for something a bit more, feeling like I, there was definitely more in me, but I just wasn't sure what it was. And that's clearly we both got led to A Course in Miracles just because I think once you start doing a bit of that deep diving and weaving around you end up kind of finding the things that really like speak to you and so I've constantly been reading and reading and reading and I have to tell you three or four years ago I wanted an overnight fix I was like I've got this book everyone raves about it I'm going to read it and everything's going to be fine. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, okay, that's led me down, you know, another path. And that's introduced me to another teacher or another person or book, podcast, whatever you want to do. You know, these, but it is very slow progress and lots of reinforcing, isn't it? The same messages. And essentially a lot of these, these teachings are like, you have to come back to you, you can't project your problems onto someone else and expect them to fix everything and you not to do anything.
1: It feels good. It feels good to do that because it takes the pressure off you because then you you don't think, oh, it's not me. I don't need to change. The the hardest thing, and that's what one of the first things the course says in the introduction is that you think when you start this course that everything will just become easy when in fact everything actually starts to feel really hard because you're actually honest and you're looking at things now. And it, it's not that it's hard, it's just that you're awake, so you're wide yeah. now. You, you've been led to this deep work to do on yourself, which does, at the time, it can feel quite messy. I call it like messy in the middle because you're kind of lost and you sort of know all the things that you've been doing that haven't been helping you or other people but that's sort of like the journey, isn't it, that like you, I used to think that, well, once I've done it for a year, then I'll be fixed. I won't need to do it again. I must be on to year seven of doing the lessons each day. In year seven now, I'm learning even more. So you you sort of think that you've got the message and you're like, right, OK, I've got it now. I know I know I need to do this. But even today's lesson, I was like, wow, that like you just see it on an even deeper level. Can you tell the
0: listeners a little bit what you mean by a lesson every day and how that works? Because I've I read, um, I think his name's Alan Cohen, and he's done a lot of books around A Course in Miracles. And he said he's been doing it for like 20 or 30 years and these these lessons. And exactly what you said each time gets deeper and reflects different insights and he feels like he's never going to be finished learning. When you say a lesson every day, how does that manifest? What does it look like?
1: Yeah. So there's three books within it and then you've got the workbook, which is like everything that's, that it's about what the course is about, which is really deep. Sometimes you might read a paragraph and your mind's blown. You kind of get it, but you don't get it. So you sort of sit with it a little bit and just let it sink in. And then you've got the lessons, which is 365 days of lessons. So each day you go to the lesson and it's got a, a headline such as, I will step back and let the universe lead the way. So sometimes you end up coming to the perfect lesson on the perfect day. It always works out like that. And when I ke- first came to that lesson, I was in a really like controlling place that day. And it was like, step back you need to step back and just let things unfold and you can keep coming back to to that mantra all day long so when your head spins out and you go a little bit crazy again you can keep coming back to these mantras and these lessons and then the third book is all about like questions for people that are really going through it so just deeper questions on what is in the workbook and the text once you get halfway through the first half of the lessons are all about dismantling a thought system based on fear, and then the second half is about really adopting a thought system based on love, which sounds really simple and airy fairy in a way you know that if your mind has been consumed with fear and you're sort of just anxious and you're just not quite sure of yourself or sure of what's gonna happen and With everything that's going on right now, fear is sort of everywhere, isn't it? And this really, these daily lessons really help to train your mind. That's what it is, to train your mind to not dwell in the fear and choose the highest thought instead, which in that moment you might not be able to reach love. When somebody, when your husband is absolutely doing your head in, you might not be able to reach for love but it might stop you from saying something that you regret, you know, or at work, it helps you to show up better. And the lessons really sort of train your mind. That's what they're there for.
0: I love this. And I really struggled at the beginning with the concept of fear and love, because I was taking it very literally. Fear, like I'm terrified and love is like, I have to love that person. And what it does is, and maybe you can explain to the listeners, is how Nuance, both of those words are and how big they are when we say we're operating
1: from a place of fear what does that look like anxious depression you can wake up in the morning and just not have that zest you know when you sort of wake up and think oh not again like nothing great will happen today sort of low low thoughts low feelings low energy where you sort of need a bit more alcohol or you need more chocolate or you go to substances, something that sort of takes you away from like being present. Anxiety, that shows up in a big way. Just not believing in yourself. You know, it can be as simple as just not feeling good enough, not feeling confident. We're quite harsh to ourselves. That voice inside of our heads can be quite harsh to say we're not pretty enough, we're not clever enough, we don't earn enough money. That can be it. It's sort of Fear sort of encompasses just that low vibration where you just don't feel great. That's what it is. Yeah, and I think a lot of people potentially live in that place and they don't know different.
0: That's just their baseline, and they don't realize that there's a better option out there. And they don't, like you say, make that next best choice. Or what can I if I don't want to feel anxious? I mean, I wonder if I can feel. you know, what's the next best thought above anxious, um, wary, or, you know, or something like that. And, and, And we have so much choice within us, that it depends how we've been conditioned, but we can literally live all our lives, thinking that we're a victim, or we are everything is out of our control, that this is just the way life is and the way life should be. And I think definitely the course has helped me with this, is that our baseline is actually, and I'm saying love with inverted commas, because our baseline is a feeling of well-being, of just feeling calm and happy with what's going on and present. I think especially with the language involved with fear and love, even if we keep going back to that baseline of love, it doesn't mean we're like running around like hippies, kissing everyone and just being, You know, just kind of like loving everything and everyone, but we're making um, conscious choices every day to go back, to revert back to that, those choices that we have within our disposal. What you're saying is very powerful because I have applied this probably within myself and how I show up in work and with my kids, but to know that there's an option out there to be coached in a relationship together in this mindset is fascinating because you're both then harnessing, I don't know what you want to call it, teachings, mindsets. Do you work when you do your relationship coaching together or is it one person
1: or how does it work? It depends. Often I find that the woman comes first because something doesn't feel right anymore. They've had the kids, they can lose themselves. Who am I? What do I want? There's disconnection a lot of business stress, a lot of finance stress. So I generally get the woman coming towards me first. Like I said before, when she starts to change, then a husband or partner will be like, oh, okay, you know, that's different. I'd like to be involved. Sometimes it's couples that come together. But I just found in my own experience that just talking about it and just blaming circumstances or my husband or what was going on, it felt really good for like, 20 minutes and I was like oh got it off my chest but it didn't stop me from reacting in certain ways and what you've just said is so powerful it's about reframing things and reclaiming that power so we almost think that the power in the universe is out there somewhere like I didn't believe in God or anything like that for years because I just thought God was this man in the sky that if I did something wrong it just write me off and you know you had to be like a goody two shoes I didn't realize that it's just all it is is believing in yourself and love and reclaiming your power to choose again and I had so many barriers in the way of me giving love and they will have come we know things come from childhood I spent thousands analyzing it all but what the course does is doesn't let you dwell in what happened you, yes, understand it, you, you know where things come from, if you've been through trauma, that kind of thing. But it's asking you in this present moment to change. That can be quite scary, because you're used to these patterns and how you behave and how you show up. And you almost think, well, how better could I be? But when you start to claim that power, and every day you've got these lessons, and every day you're doing some sort of practice, meditation, prayer, whatever it is that resonates with you, you just start to react differently. And where things might have triggered you in the past, somebody might have done something and you just couldn't react in the way you wanted to, maybe you couldn't give love, maybe you had experiences in your past with past relationships, you kept meeting the same people. It's about disrupting the patterns within us. And then that's when things change. It sounds deep, but it's such a beautiful experience when you start to connect back to you. Then the money can come and the shoes can come and the house and all of that can come. But it comes in a better way because you're in a better state. So my whole focus is getting women into a great state where they don't become needy and dependent on anything or anybody else they get everything together within themselves first, and then everything changes on the outside.
0: It's so empowering to know that you don't have to rely on anyone else for your own happiness. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that can really resonate with, you know, seeking external validation for their own happiness. And what I wanted to touch on was forgiveness, because I'm sure that's a big part of what you do. And I know it's a huge part of the Course in Miracles. And I actually did a, a whole forgiveness workshop over a few weeks because I was so drawn to this idea of forgiveness and self-forgiveness and acceptance and Just knowing exactly what you said, that we are here to live in the present and that we can drown in our past and we can live our whole lives just constantly going over what happened to us and who did what and how that's made them feel and what they've created. And again, going back to that victim mindset. And I can understand that forgiveness must be a huge element to couples that want to heal. Would you say that forgiveness is a massive part in? Of course, in miracles, and how do you then take those teachings and bring them into your coaching?
1: Forgiveness is the one of the is such a huge part of the course. When I first heard about it, I thought forgiveness can't be that powerful. And the, the even funnier thing was, I've not got that many people to forgive. And then, <laughs> no, you laugh. And then in the book, so one of the sections, the missing piece is forgiveness. Because it gets you to go through an exercise of right now, imagine all the people in your life who you hold some sort of grievance against. And I thought, oh, nobody. And then I started to do the exercise and I was like, oh, my God, him, her, that person. And it was people from 20 years ago. It was people from when I got bullied when I was at primary school. It was from somebody the other day that was walking too slow in front of me or driving too slow. And I wanted to like scream at them. And like neighbours, it was like crazy the amount of people that I had something against. And it was like, what is stopping me from like being nice to people and forgiving people? And even a few years into the course, I still didn't appreciate how powerful forgiveness was until I really needed it. And when you need it in your relationship and when you experience it, that's why the course is powerful. That's why the steps in my book are powerful because it's not just about knowing another book another course how many courses are out there how many books are out there we can consume so much information and my work with couples is all about we know the theory we know why you are where you are we get your childhood wounds we talk about that but it's about actually doing the work right now in order to make that change because a lot of the time it's sort of like our ego that says oh well you've done that course or you've read that book so you're healed you're fixed now but it's not it's only until we start to act differently and you'll know through the tapping you can learn about EFT but if you don't practice it then it doesn't work does it you've got to actually sit down and and do it it's really using those tools practically every day and it's crazy even when you do forgiveness and you do a big session on it like the course you've just been on if you don't keep doing it, you'll build up more. So it's a daily practice of just forgiving, forgiving. And the one person we we tend to forget to forgive. <laughs> ourselves don't yeah. let ourselves off the hook. We don't forgive ourselves for where we've not shown up. or Yeah. When you say we've got to do the work every
0: single day, and that sounds, it's hard work. We can always come back to, I'm busy. I've got kids. I've got this. Especially during this past year the thought of having to add something else to our to-do list of self-care, you know, and again, inverted commas. But what we don't realise is that potentially we're prioritising lots of things that aren't that important, but perhaps feel easier because we can sort of repress it. And I'm sure you know that healing, you have to bring things up to heal. And sometimes that's quite an uncomfortable Place to be. It can tell us things that we don't want to know. It can show us where our shadows lie and it can maybe show us, you know, if we're holding on to, you know, a lack of forgiveness or we, we know that we need to move past certain things. How do you break that down to someone who feels that they have work to do, but life? Just it's taking over. So then, say right, go off and read, you know, a five hundred page <laughs> course in <laughs> miracles and come back they to me. Yeah. <laughs> How
1: do we make this?
0: <laughs> How do we make this something that someone that's listening to this right now can go, okay, I want to do this, but I don't want to be overwhelmed. Where do they start?
1: So, like what we were saying at the beginning or earlier on, that this isn't like something that will happen overnight. You know, we all want this overnight awakening. We all want to be healed within a week. The promises that we get that we can solve things quickly. And it's a case of baby steps. You know, each day we don't need to meditate for an hour, pray for an hour, do yoga for an hour before the kids even get up. And somebody once said to me, oh, now you're having children, you'll not be able to meditate. And I thought, oh, gosh, maybe not. But this is like priority. If I don't do something in the morning before Bodhi gets up, then I'm on the back foot immediately. And I can tell, like, you can just tell the mornings that you don't, even five minutes, even five minutes, not going straight to your phone, connecting, doing meditation, whatever it is, reading something powerful, really sets you up for the day rather than just sort of waking up and going into the craziness. So there's always things you can do. And one exercise I love to do with people is I get them to write down, a bit like you know like people do health coaches with a food plan what have you eaten in that week well I do what have you done in that week and we always find gaps where it's either scrolling through social media or it's on the internet how much time do we spend on the internet just surfing the internet I can't remember the stats but it's a lot there's always gaps in people's schedule even mums that have got twins that are really busy that are running businesses as well there's always a gap where there's something that we can tweak and change and the best bit about it is one of the principles I work with is when couples are not disconnected and they're not having sex anymore and they sort of feel more like roommates and that's generally when the woman is doing all the time so she's busy at work she's busy with the kids she's busy ordering the food she's busy cooking the food this this sounds a bit sexist but in my experience, I do a a lot of that. So then you want me to add in something else. And then you want me to be a goddess in the bedroom at night. It's like, I can't do anything else. But you find that especially with couples, once you give that woman, you say to a woman at the end of your career working day, say five o'clock, whatever it is, if you can just have five, 15 minutes to just meditate just breathe just reconnect just read a book have a bath go for a walk the man will say well well, what about me when do I get my time but it's about shifting somebody's state from being in that doing making things happen getting things done to coming back into them being themselves and being present being relaxed again that they can then show up for the evening else it just becomes like one long day doesn't it so it's about little life hacks and there's always wasted time within those plans that I see where you can really make a difference.
0: As you were saying that, I was I was thinking and so much of that was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what has changed over the past few years for me is... Awareness is literally just that awareness of knowing that if I don't have that time out, then I will behave like X, Y, and Z. I will go into that blame mode, victim mode, angry, resentful, shouty, not very nice. Like I can literally list, you know, all these different attributes that I would show up as if I didn't have that time to go back to me. And what my husband and I have recognized over the years, you know, we've been together for nearly 20 years and married for nearly 18, is that we have had to let each other have time, you know, really let each other and and not do that with any form of resentment, you know, go and enjoy, like my husband wants to go for a cycle, go and enjoy and be away, completely present with what you're doing, not let him go but oh you know make sure you're back at this time you know obviously things get back to normal there will be like football runs and things like that there will have to be practically he'll have to be back and vice versa for me you know if I need to go for a walk at the end of the day or I need to go and have a bath and he knows that otherwise I will be not very nice to be around in the evening Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying we've got this down perfectly at all we really haven't you know some days there will be well I've done this and you've done that and then I'm doing the shopping again <laughs> you know and then that's that's reality I think until we are completely enlightened souls <laughs> living in some commune
1: <laughs> How would we want to be I mean I, I always say this like we sort of aspire to to never react and have this perfect in a world where we ne- we never feel down, we never feel low, we never feel angry. Like I was really angry the other week at that sort of thing where my husband was doing this and that, and I was like, what about me? How much work have I done over the years? And I still felt really angry. But it's like, would we want to go and live on a mountain and just meditate all day, you know? <laughs> what, really, do we want to do that? It's about enjoying what we've got enjoying the relationships enjoying the kids but just sort of not reacting quite as much you know it's not to say we'll always get it right sometimes we won't sometimes we'll still get all competitive and say well I did this and I've done more I need a break it's just about not doing it as much and catching ourselves with that awareness when we're going a bit crazy it takes the pressure off,
0: doesn't it? Yeah. That when we say it like that, yeah. so it's not like you need to go from having like serious troubles in your relationship to living like an argument-free, loved-up, having sex every night relationship. Absolutely not. But there are little tweaks to make, and I think it's going back to like not reacting. And I would say definitely, like in the early days of our marriage, you know, when our kids were really young. I would be like, click of a, my finger, I would react to something he would say. I would like, take it the wrong way. I'd be so sensitive. And it is, I kind of bring that awareness back now of, okay, well, he's he's not been out all day. He's been sat in his office. He's feeling tired and he's been up since half five this morning, whatever that is. So yet it is that mindset shift, isn't it? Of, of trying to step into their shoes a little bit before you quickly react. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review or a rating to help us reach even more ambitious mums and get the content out there. Thanks so much. Before we have to go, tell me a little bit about what inspired you to write the book and what has this been sitting within you for a long
1: time or was it a bit of an epiphany? How did how did it all come about? I remember being in a church one day and me and my husband we were searching, we were searching for an answer, a solution, we, we weren't very happy and we were sat in this church and I was like this message is not resonating with me at all and the message in, in the course still uses some of that language but really resonated and I just got this moment of I need to write this in a book I need to make whatever I've learned and put it into a book but that's why it's in four missing pieces because there was so much talk about change your mindset mindset is the key think positive thoughts and it was like I was doing all of that work I was doing all the positive thinking but something still wasn't changing and that's when the course gets you to go deeper you look at the forgiveness work that's one part of it you look at the prayer, how to pray, why you would bother. That's one of the missing pieces. And I even wanted to change the word prayer because of the connotations it's got with it. But there's nothing actually wrong with the word. It's just, it's just. let's just label it prayer. And it was like this four, the mindset work is, is key, but there are also four other pieces to do before or with the mindset work. So it was just a case of, I just didn't feel like there was this book in the world and it needed to be in the world and if it's what I was looking for when I was going through all my stuff. So I sort of thought, well, if that's what I've learned, I'll put it in a book and summarise, summarise everything that's in the course because it is esoteric, it can turn people off. So it's all summarised and explained in exercises like the courses. So it's easy to do, it's practical You know, when you are triggered, when your husband triggers you, when your kids trigger you like mine this morning, you can go back to the first missing piece, which is the breath. Just remember to breathe, you know, it's having these practical tools to keep with us all day long.
0: I listen, I could talk about this forever. And I come from a place of not being spiritually enlightened up until a few years ago. And, And I come from a place of, I understand where you're at right now. and. Don't be put off by the name of Course in Miracles. And don't be put off by the fact that it's sort of spiritually written, anything like that. I feel that anything that you're looking for, there is something in the Course of Miracles that will help you. And there's so many other books, and I'm, I'm you know, obviously going by your book because it sounds amazing and I can't personally wait to read it. But there are so many other books as
1: well that simplify the different oh, messages God, yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. If it's for you, you'll pick it up and you'll know it. You get this feeling from it where you know it's it's for you. And it might not be for you that minute. It might be the year after. But you'll be guided to another book, like you say. There'll be something else. There'll be a person, a teacher, a healer. There'll be a course. There'll be something that you're guided to that explains things differently. And you'll get whatever information you need at that time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So t- can you tell people how they can find you, how they can work with you?
1: So I'm not I'm not present on Instagram. I've only been doing that the last, say, a few months. So I'm on Instagram, Laura Jane Hand. I'm on Facebook, same Laura Jane Hand. And I'm predominantly on LinkedIn. That's where I tend to play about. I love it on LinkedIn. So you can contact me there or you can email me at laurajanehand8 at gmail.com and yeah reach out i've also got the rise higher podcast each week i summarize the lessons that have been through that week in the course and just make it really i call it user friendly break it down make it make sense and then i do that each week with a guided visualization and meditation at the end
0: so you can
1: in all those ways the books on amazon if you need help in your relationships i can help you as well
0: brilliant resources and and I think when you say user-friendly and it I think that's really inviting because wherever you are in your journey don't ever feel that you are too too much of a novice or too much of a beginner because there's always going to be something there and everyone had to start from somewhere and to never feel like you won't understand or won't know enough or anything like that. Because when I first started reading about Course in Miracles, it was such a basic baseline level. And then eventually I sort of got a bit deeper and deeper. I mean, I still feel like I'm a complete novice and you've kind of restarted that passion because I kind of went, I was like in in a really big place with it about a year ago and then I've kind of gone off piste a little bit and I feel like you've given me that oh. that little nudge to go back and yeah. um, I'm going to do that with your book so I can't wait yeah. to read that
1: and that I think that's the whole point about spirituality I say in inverted commas it almost seems a bit too serious at times you know and a bit too oh I guess serious and it, it doesn't need to be yes it we're going through stuff but everybody is But it's sort of like, let's have a little bit of fun with it at the same time, you know, it's and it doesn't need to take that much time. You know, you could literally read your lesson for that day or pick up a book that resonates with you and have five minutes to yourself. You know, it doesn't need to take all day. It's about the intention that you go with. Oh, fantastic. I love that. Thank you so much, Laura-Jane.
0: And I'll put all of your details in the show notes and then people can find you. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. So that's this week's episode done. I really hope you've enjoyed it and it's helped you in some small way. I listen to loads of podcasts and I've learned so much along my journey and now know I'm a real auditory learner. And if you're the same and you're often inspired by listening to thought-provoking conversations, please don't underestimate the power in sharing it to ensure other people can also be inspired. Not only does this help your friends, but it also lets the host know how beneficial the episode has been to them. It's such a quick thing to recommend a podcast on your social media, but it means the world to us and helps more like-minded people join in the conversation. So simply screenshot your phone and share the image of this podcast by text or on your social media to someone you think who needs to hear it. And the power of a recommendation really does work and creates a ripple effect for all those involved. Also I've got a Facebook group called the Ambitious Mums Wellbeing and Lifestyle Chat and my aim is to create a safe space to discuss any of the topics that have been mentioned in the episodes moving forwards. I'd really love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening and see you back here for the next episode.